I want to talk about an employee's first format when it comes to employee benefits and compensation. And I'm going to talk about some pretty traditional and standard models, and I'm going to talk about some strategic versions as well. But all of it's going to be through the lens of putting employees first. So as many of you know, I've always talked about my path to inevitably going back in house. And that day has come. That day has come. And for reasons that we don't need to get into today, I'm excited, but I'm also scared. And I'm scared because as many innovations that I think is in the space, I think in a macro level, many organizations are still stuck in the mud. And I don't believe that they are taking an innovative and scaled approach to a lot of this work. And so, as you guys know who I am, I'm very innovative. I'm very much about putting people in the best positions and stepping back and staying very strategic and thoughtful. So on that path, on on, on that lens of staying strategic and thoughtful, I want to talk about a strategic initiative and an employee's first way of going about employees' benefits and compensation. And so the very first thing that I recommend anyone listening to this do, if you have not done this already, and in my case, thinking about going back in houses ahead of people, the very first thing that I would do is a listening tour. Now, when having those listening tours, what I would need to have on my person is an ability to stay in the present moment and really dive into super niche contextual conversations and then have the ability to transcribe and translate that information whether it's went to a Google Doc, whatever the case is going to be, so that I can sit back later after the conversations are completed and really dive through the data and dive through the dive through the data in a really contextual storytelling format. And it's something I care a lot about. And I care a lot about I care about that a lot because I feel like it's scaling the unscalable and scaling the unscalable is something that I believe I will always do. And it's something that I think most companies should do. So my tip is this. When we go about this listening tour, you have to keep in mind that contextual nuances, it's gold. It's what we all need. It's what we all need to find out. And so when we look at and when we unpack, let's use some traditional things. When we look at and unpack insurance plans. When we look at it and unpack disability insurance, when we look at it and unpack potential tuition reimbursement, when we look at it and unpack paid vacation, when we look at it and unpack retirement plans, paid sick leaves, performance bonuses, the very, for, the very first thing we need to do on the listening tour is to remember that we need to put employees first and figure out contextually what, the, what does that mean for us. And so... As I'm going on the listening tours, and I should probably already have this data, I want to be super mindful of the age, the general age of the org. There are many startups today that their consensus age is ranging from 26 to 32. As they get older and as the organization grows, that may, that may be a consensus age of 32 to 49, 49 to 57. It just depends, right? And so that data should be on hand with anyone that it will be in that head of people seat. But that data is so important because the needs, the desires, the perspectives of these things that we're talking about right now, the traditional variables, the needs of someone, again, 27 
to 32 when it comes to paid sick leaves or perform or performance bonuses or retirement plans or uh, or pay vacation or corporate discounts or tuition reimbursement or disability insurance or insurance plans at a macro. The needs, the wants, the perspectives in those categories are going to be very different at that age than someone maybe in their later 40s with three kids. And so understanding that contextual nuance, even before you head into the listening tour, is incredibly important. And then as you get into the listening tour, you have to figure out, based off of those contextual ages and demographics, what does that mean across the board for the org? What does it mean to have the most ideal insurance plan based off of where you are in your life currently? What does that mean to have the most ideal disability insurance based off of where you are in your life currently and the importance of that in your life? And you go on down the list of all the different variables of the the, the typical and non-traditional insurance and, and, and benefit structures and plans that we can put in place for our people. Now, let me jump to scaling here and, and, and being more strategic and, and, and disciplined with your time because this is something I've been struggling with personally. I am not an expert or a practitioner or even has a lot of know-how in many of the traditional variables of the chief people officer role. But I believe moving into the new world, what I believe is more important than me personally knowing every little nuance and variable It's important that I either have the network or the internal bandwidth to still provide that same amount of support needed to the org. Because the tangible know-how in the benefits and compensation world, organizations need it. I just don't think as a chief people officer, it is your job to do the listening tour, then to jump down into the deep caves of those variables. I believe you need to have either a network or a team to say, look, We now understand the data around what our people desire to have within a 12-month framework or an 18-month framework when it comes to disability, when it comes to insurance plans, when it comes to retirement plans, when it comes to performance bonuses, whatever the case is going to be, office perks, whatever the case is going to be. We now know what that looks like for them, and we now have an overall average and a consensus of what we need to do at the organizational level. And then the handoff should be passed and and the baton should be passed to those high level generalists, to those HR business partners, to your network to figure out, okay, what is out there? What are the best plans? What are the best structures? What are the best available options that we can put in place? And then to present those to the chief people officer to review. So and, 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 and that might seem pretty common sense to many. But we all know, for being honest that many of us are still in the rabbit holes that we should not be in. So back to the employee's first strategy of this all. So let's, let's, let's recap the first traditional piece. Listening tours. It's a must. Google Docs or however you want to take notes during those listening tours is a must because I don't want the listening tours to be a scaled technology version of putting out a survey. I want the listening tours to be you physically sitting on a Zoom call or in person and going one by 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 one and having a list of categories and questions to answer, to ask, and to have a very nuanced contextual conversation and get your data. 
and really understand that data. And making sure that data is true and honest and detailed because you do, you've done a great job of facilitating. You've done a great job of keeping them uh, in a safe place mentally. So, again, you have the data now. You've done your listening tour. You now have passed on that data to those that are going to be going into the, the rabbit holes and finding the best available options contextual to that data. You are now then sitting down and looking at all the best available options and you're pairing it with the data. And then you as a chief people officer are making the decision. How do we want to move forward? Now, of course, you're not going to be able to do everything for everybody, but you can put together a plan of how you're going to start. So you can put together a plan of saying, okay, as I look through all this data, 75% of the folks here would appreciate this, 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 and this. Let's move forward on that. The other 25%, we will have to have conversations and, and get them to inevitably understand why we couldn't do this, do this and make this decision at scale and move forward that way. Now, let's get to the fun stuff here. Because the 25% may enjoy this part. I had Amy Sperling on my podcast many years ago. Many years ago, like it's 15 years ago. I had her on the podcast two years ago. <laughs> Amy Sperling is the founder and CEO of a, of a company in the HR tech space that is like tearing it up. Like they're doing amazing. It's called Compt. Pretty much what Comp does is it's a really simple model. They allow the ebbs and flows of real life to blend and mesh within the world of benefits and compensation. And so that's how I would appease and support the other 25%, as well as the organization at a whole. So once I'm done the listening tour, and I understand the traditional benefits and compensation that is needed to be put in place, and I really, really, really do an employee's first model and put things in place that are contextual to what our people need and want right now within a 12 to 18 month period of time in their life, I then get a little bit, I, get, I then find comp or something like comp or apply a comp model in my org where inevitably we start to look at a lot of different things. We start to look at birthdays. We start to look at anniversaries. We start to look at sales incentives. We start to look at spot bonuses. We start to look at lots of other ways to recognize and, and, and benefit and support and to, and to congratulate our people. Because what motivates someone at 32 could very well be incredibly different when they turn 34. They have a new girlfriend. They've had deep conversations with their parents and now their desires professionally are very different. They are struggling to really get behind uh, some of the initiatives that are happening and they're a sales director. So now at 29 versus 26, their incentives and their, their motivation to keep pushing and fighting and getting creative within the sales world, you need to restructure the sales incentives. And so inevitably what comp does is you are allowing and you can build a structure where you can create really nuanced and flexible and within a dashboard format, different options to make people feel seen, heard, and valued through an ebb and flow. So when we think about birthday bonuses, it can ebb and flow. So in year one of your employment at a brand, you may say, when my birthday comes around, I would love you to get me what I actually want, which is X, Y, and Z in my, on my birthday. 
Maybe that was how you wanted it in year one. But now in year two, your ideals, your perspectives, your desires, your motivations when it comes to your birthday and what you would love your organization to do for you are very different. And the list can go on and on. Sales incentives, spot bonuses, things of that nature. And so as we do the traditional version of putting employees first, there is also a non-traditional and really strategic version of that as well that can really complement the entire org, which is within a dashboard, which is an ebb and flow, two, three, four, five times a year, heads of people, generalists, HR directors, managers, leaders, anyone in the departments and anyone in the company, frankly, can go to each employee and understand inevitably what they are going to need from the org and what they are looking for to keep them bought in, to keep them excited, finding out what motivates them. Because at the end of the day, what I need most organizations and what I need everyone listening to understand is that the ebbs and flows of life pair very well with the ebbs and flows and what we need and what motivates us. And an organization has to stay consistent with that. I think a lot of this, I think Compt at scale and a version of Compt and a version of the employees first methodology that you guys know that I believe in could have saved a lot of organizations from getting to the point where they're in the midst of the, the great resignation. And so I just want many organizations to understand that when you think about your benefits and compensation, there's amazing tools, there's amazing best practices, there's amazing policies, there's traditional policies, there's a lot of traditional tried and true great things that you can do. I don't want you to pay attention to any organization to the left of you, to the right of you, above you or below you. I want you to pay attention to what's actually happening inside. Conduct listening tours. Understand what they need. Understand what they want. Understand where they are in their life. Don't be afraid to get outside the box and flexible and creative with products and initiatives like Compt. Don't be afraid to, again, do the listening tours and really understand the data. Don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves and facilitate those conversations and and make folks feel safe. Don't be afraid two, three, four times a year to revisit those conversations and revisit the data and figure out how you need to plan and strategically do things differently the next year around, which is what a lot of chief people officers should be doing this year or this time of year. So just wanted to give my perspective on how I think the role should be executed, what I think should be happening, and how I think things can shape up moving forward. Employees first, compensation and benefits. Shout out to Comp. Thanks a lot.